All right. Hey, guys. Welcome to the Man Up Already podcast. As always, super excited to have you here on another great episode. You know, I am so grateful for what's happening with this podcast, with this community, the guests that we're having on, the conversations that that we're having. It's, it's, it's amazing. And you may be listening to this right now. It's uh, April 10th. And we are in the midst of COVID-19 and all the craziness of coronavirus and social distancing and quarantining and, and all of that. So I, I do not dis, um, discredit how unique these times are. Um, but I, my goal is that this podcast helps you mentally, um, gives you some tools and techniques to move past What's happening right now, uh, I'm not going to spend time on this episode or really any episode talking about the pandemic and all that stuff. Uh, I want to dive in and help everybody get our minds right, give examples of success, and how do we powerfully move forward in life. Um, Yesterday, I celebrated 50 years on this planet, um, 50 years of life, and it's... um, it's been amazing, guys. I, I, I'm just so grateful and so humbled and more importantly, believe it or not, so broken in such a good way that at 50 years I've learned what's important, what's not important, and, and focusing life on those things that are important. And I shared this with someone that, um, that I'll share with everybody here that you know, the, the greatest gift I got yesterday was the gift of value and learning how much value I was bringing in my life to others. And, and it was just so humbling and I'm so grateful to, to see that and learn that. But the lesson was when, you know, that I said, you know, it's a, it's a terrible thing to get to the end of your life and realize that you spent so much time trying to climb this mountain or to deliver this service or do this good or impact people, whatever it is, only to realize that you spent a lot of time chasing the idea of the thing without realizing that you had already obtained the thing. And uh, the gift, the greatest gift I got yesterday for my 50th birthday is to know that the very thing that drives me is the thing that's already happening. So it, it changes the concept of what is success and what are we striving for. And I've realized over time that you can't measure success necessarily through the toys that you own or the amount of money in your bank account. Those things have something to do with it. But really, I think success, success in life comes down to how much value are you bringing and who are you impacting and how are you impacting them? So uh, before we dive into our guest today, um, hey, just a reminder, you know, the book that started it all, Man Up Already, uh, came out in 2018, but it inspired the podcast. You can get that on Amazon. You can reach out to me and I can get you a copy of it. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at jpuritz. You could find me on LinkedIn at John Puritz. You could follow me on Twitter at jpuritz as well. Uh, as I've shared, I'm not really on Facebook anymore. Um, you could also email me, johnpuritz at gmail.com. So there's a variety of ways of getting a hold of me, um, and I can get the book into your hands. Um, but another book I really want to recommend, I just finished it. It's called The Go-Giver by Bob Berg. Highly recommend that book on uh, success tips, what's important, how to approach life, how to approach work how to approach this journey of success. The Go-Giver is a great, great book. All right, so we have our featured speaker of the day here on the Man of, uh, man, man, I'm gonna sit there and do your, your title, MJ. Um, here on the Man Up Already podcast, um, this gentleman has influenced my life in such an incredible way. It's amazing how God works when he puts people in your life right at the moment that you need them. And uh, Michael J. Durkin, better known as MJ, came into my life, I think, in 2018. And we quickly uh, built an incredible relationship that's transformed into a friendship. He is a mentor. He is a guide um, and, and an incredible, incredible man. But 
MJ Durkin is an author, a speaker, and the host of the Men of Honor podcast, an all-around great man. Uh, and I can't think of anybody that I would rather have on the Man Up Already podcast than this dude. So please welcome Michael J. Durkin to the Man Up Already podcast. <laughs> That's the crowd cheering. <laughs> yes, sir. Good to yeah, have you, man. Great, great to be here. Good to see you, John. You look great. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, I love our conversations. And when you, um, you know, when you sent me your podcast, uh, instantly I was like, I got to get you on. Um, we're, we're definitely on the same mission. It's mission, right? And our stories are very different. But I think what I love about life and the way God works is, you know, you're kind of farther down the road and have been operating in this space. I didn't mean an age, by the way, I meant an experience. Um, but our stories just kind of lined up and uh, it transcended the conversation uh, that we originally were having. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, uh, as men, uh, I, I was saying this on my podcast this morning, I, I did a, um, I released a new podcast called um, prayer, the role of prayer and meditation and, uh, and it's success in helping you in your marriage. And, um, you know, and I said, look, you're going to have to understand something about uh, being a man. Uh, as, as you go through the journey, you're going to be, you know, on the peak, you're going to be on the mountaintop. And then, you know, if you hang in there long enough, you're going to be in the valley. And then you're going to be back on the mountaintop. And sometimes you're going to be in the middle. And, you know, as a man who's lived some life, who's, uh, you know, uh, um, uh, raised, um, uh, you know, uh, four children and, uh, uh, is is uh, in a, a second season of marriage, uh, a great season. Uh, you're going to go through a lot of ups and downs, and uh, uh, and that's uh, and that's why I said on the podcast, I said this is why I recommend uh, I recommend prayer and meditation because I want you prayed up, you know. Because because let me tell you, biblically, the flood is always coming. Always, <laughs> always. <laughs> so I'm really glad to be here and excited to talk with you about about men, where men have been, where men are going, and maybe um so maybe we can offer some uh, ideas to the men on uh, on on how they can man up already, how they can start stepping into their destiny, um how they can um uh, start to get some understanding of uh, of women and particularly particularly if I could say that as a professional speaker, uh uh to be a um. Uh, you know, a, a great husband, a great provider, a great father, and a great man in their community and in their faith. Yeah, you know, and, it, and it's, it's awesome that you say that because when, when I wrote, you know, Man Up Already, the book, and then did the podcast, I thought, you know, okay, this is for men. And then the audience really started to develop, you know, both male and female, men and women, were um, entering into the conversation. And, and the thing that, that MJ, I think, is so important for everybody to understand is, and I, I know the numbers are probably off, but I think people will get the idea that they say, you know, if a, if a child goes to a youth program in church, something like 14 to, you know, 10 to 14, 15% of the family will start attending. Mm -hmm. And if a woman goes to church, I think it's 20 to 30% attend but if a man goes to church, it's like 95% of the time the entire family will go. And, you know, if you capture the heart of the man, you capture the family. You know, you, you, it, it really is that social, spiritual order that we've got to talk about men, but we're not only just talking to men, right? Because that's, men are the, it, 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 in our, it just drives everything, right? I think we're swatching men be lost and how that affects everything around it. Well, I would agree. And, and I, you know, I always recommend to the men, I say, if, if you want to have a better marriage, take your family to church. You know, if, if you ask men, I, my, my son and I, uh, my oldest son and I, um, we're, we're doing a talk in a church as father and son, which is such an incredible thing to, to be able to, uh, uh, to minister and to do seminars with my son, Corey. And, uh, uh, and we, we, were at, we were at a church in Bridgeport, Connecticut, and, and we said to this, these men, we said, let me ask you this. Would you men rather have, um, would you rather have peace in your marriage or would you rather have sex? And, um, 
And, and the men overwhelmingly started laughing. They picked, well, we'd rather start with peace first. <laughs> and, uh, I said, that's a bad sign. That's a bad <laughs> sign. If you're, you would choose peace over sex. They were like, if it could just calm down a little bit, if I could just get out from under being under attack, uh, you know, let's you know, sex, you know, uh, you know, hot, seductive sex seems like a very lofty goal. I just like stuff to calm down. And, uh, I said, if if you want your marriage to be better, if you want your sex life to be better, take your family to church. And, and the men say to me, well, how's that going to help me with sex? And listen, there's, there's nothing better for your wife than to know that you're getting some wisdom and counsel from someone other than your own self. Yeah, that's so true. It makes your wife feel so secure when you, when you plant yourself in a, a church, a spiritual discipline, synagogue, a mosque, an ashram. I'm, I'm not here to convert anybody. You know, you plant yourself in whatever spiritual discipline that you believe in for you and your family. Here's what will happen. You, you, the resistance in your marriage will go down because your wife will feel more secure. Like you've got, I mean, what better lifeline is there to be to, for your wife to know that you pray, you meditate, Maybe you're under the apostolic covering of a, of a, of a, a great you know, pastor um, in, in your spiritual discipline. She knows that you're getting strength and wisdom from someplace else. That makes her feel better, makes her feel more secure, like, hey, he knows what he's doing. It gives her an ability to trust you more. And that's why I tell the man, I said, look, I, I, would, I would recommend you plant yourself in a church. By the way, the scripture is very clear. If you plant yourself in a church, you'll flourish. So if you want to flourish, plant yourself in a, to a spiritual community, and that's very important, a community, and get that strength and wisdom. Because listen, here's the deal, John. It ain't easy being a man today. No. Dudes, listen, I applaud you. For those about to father, I salute you. <laughs> For those about to marry, I salute you. You know, you're, first of all, you're nuts, all right? You're crazy, but, but listen, you got to understand something about marriage and about parenting. It is a very high-stakes game. It is a very, very high-stakes game. And most men go into marriage, they are like lambs to the slaughter. They don't even – John, you know, look, the fact is, and you've, been, you've, you've ministered to a lot of men over the years – Men literally, uh, other than a couple of seminars here and there, maybe going to a, a, a men's conference in their church or, or put on through their, their church community, men literally have no training in how to be a man in marriage. Would you agree? I would agree that uh, 100%. We, yeah. Uh, I mean, that's why. I mean, there's such great... Um, you know, it's funny, you know, there, I would say there's such great leaders out there, but there's very few when it comes to the conversation of men. You know, I know that you've taken up that mantle. I have inspired, I was inspired by John Eldridge. Um, you know, that there are so few resources, not only about men in marriage, but men in period, right? You just, you don't learn it from a loving, secure father who's got your manhood future in his sights as to how to, you know, get you past the hangups that he had, it ain't going to happen. Right. And most, and most fathers just stumbled through our fathers and grandfathers, you know, basically just stumbled through what they were doing. They had no way to duplicate any philosophy to us. And in my men of honor podcast, I say all the time in this podcast, we're not just talking philosophically about men. I'm giving you strategies and tactics. One of the things that I learned from my friend, Greg Gunn uh, is Greg okay. Gunn. Right. Greg Gunn said to me, he, he always talked about, he said, he said, men, you know, need weapons. He said they need the best men love to have the best weapons possible. And uh, and whenever and I got this from him, I, I would say, I'm going to give you three weapons today that are going to help you to succeed as a man. And then going to tie it all together with some atomic weaponry. You know, men love to have the best tools or the best weapons to get the job done. And if we don't uh, develop a philosophy or a, if we don't give men tactics, they won't know what to do. And they're just going to stumble into buzzsaw after buzzsaw after buzzsaw and, and, and maybe not have a peaceful life. But worse than that, they could actually end up destroying the lives of children. 
mm -hmm. uh, and, and destroying, you know, I say to the men all the time, listen, you know, uh, parenting, we're talking about character. We're talking about spiritual foundation. We're talking about nurturing talents. I mean, these are lives that are at stake. And I tell them, you want, you want to make sure that you know what you're doing when you enter into marriage. And if you're already in it, then you better learn how to survive and thrive for the sake of your children and for the sake of your community. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's so good. And I think one of those tools, tips, nuggets that we could impart today is, is really what happened between us. And I, and I see you as this for me. I mean, I know we don't talk, you know, um, uh, consistently, but you are one of these people for me. And I think that nugget is getting, you know, uh, who are you surrounding yourself with, right? That, that, that posse of, of men. But I think what, what people, you know, the mistake guys make is, you know, like church will say, okay, we got a small group, but I, I think it's being selective as to who that posse really is, right? It's not, it's not so much surrounding yourself with like-minded people so much as it's surrounding yourself with people who one, know who you are, know what your struggles are, know where you want to grow, but have been down the road a little bit as well to be able to guide you. There's a big difference between what we call accountability groups, which I think there's too much of that. Um, that's a personal opinion versus having a posse of people who are going to actually hold you accountable and move you to that next level. Uh, well, yeah, it's funny you say that. I was listening to um, uh, Stephen Mansfield being uh, um uh, interview today on a podcast and he talked about you know he said um, it, it's very easy to go into like a, a church group or to a, a leadership conference for men and to just shame the heck out of men you know just shame them and he said it's real easy to you know start talking about men's sins he said because man we got a ton of them and uh, you know he said it's easy to shame men he said it's it's a it's a it's a much different thing to actually uh, hold the mirror up to someone and and say, this is who I see you as your being. And here is my recommendation. Here's my encouragement to help move you forward, get you out of that. Here's something that you could do. I mean, I'm, as you know, I, I wrote a, a program that sold over a million dollars worth called recommendation selling. And, uh, and I'm, I'm very, very big in, in saying to the men, can I make a recommendation? Uh, you know, and they, yeah, I, I would recommend that you start doing this, or I would recommend that you uh, start reading this, or I would recommend that you act in this way. You know, um, I, I had one of uh, one of my men uh, call me a couple of weeks ago, and and he said, "I need to talk to somebody before I get home." And uh, I'm so glad you answered the phone, MJ. I got a problem. I said, uh, "Go ahead, Jesse, lay it on me." He said, um, uh, "My daughter, my 13 year old daughter, got caught at school vaping." And um, she got suspended, and um, uh, and she uh, uh, and she's home. Uh, she got sent home early. My wife had to leave work and go pick her up, and she is flipping out. My wife said, called me and said, "You got to get home because we have to punish this girl. She is in huge trouble. I am. I can't believe that she has gone against us like this. The mother was ripped." And she basically called the father to come home and, you know, and to, and to, and to destroy her daughter with her. Uh, and he said, and he, and he said, and I got to tell you, I didn't raise this girl this way. I am really angry. Okay. And he said, I knew I, he said, I'm about a half an hour from home and I needed to talk to somebody. And I said to him, I said, okay, so if you yell at her and you rip her up and you give her consequences, like he says, my wife says, you need to think about what con consequence we're going to give her when you get home. And so he's all revved up. He's going to, you know, he's going to go home and kick some butt. Right. right. And uh, I said, Hey, Jesse, I said, how's that going to help uh, your daughter learn what she needs to learn here? And he goes, it's not. And I said, right. I said, what if you walked in the house and said to your daughter and said, come here, I want to give you a hug. I heard you had a really bad day today. And let me just, and I said, why don't you just absorb her feelings that your wife is having and that your daughter is having? And he completely turned himself around with a new tactic and with some counsel from an older man. Now, my, my kids are, you know, 28, you know, his daughter's 13. I've been through this. I've wanted to go home and kill a son. You know, I've been driving home to commit murder at home, you know? Uh, 
<laughs> I've been directed, you know, by a wife, you do you kill this person, you know? So, so I calmed him down and, and, you know, I talked to him later and I said, how did it go? And he said, you know, he said, after I calmed everybody down and my daughter just, 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 he said, I hugged my wife and my daughter on the couch and they cried for 20 minutes with me holding them, telling them that it would be okay. He said, he said later the next day, and he said, I said to my daughter, do you want to talk about this now? And she said, I really don't. And he said, okay, well, we'll, we'll talk about this later. And his wife came to him the next day. He took his daughter out that night to go shopping. They talked about it while they were walking around in the store. They came up with a plan. And, um, and the wife came to him the next day and said, you are the greatest husband in the entire world. You gave us exactly what we needed, and it wasn't what I thought we needed. You did such a great job of holding the space for us. I just have to tell you, you are the greatest husband in the entire universe. And he was like, man, listen, I'm really glad I called you. That really worked. And when we can do that within our own circles of friendship, whether you call it a band of brothers, whether you call it your posse, I mean, I call it the circle of power. So I, I say we, we need to get men that have circles of power that will support each other and encourage each other and give each other the tactics, not just you know, rip each other up and shame each other and be like, brother, you know, you're fat, dumb and stupid and you're angry and you drink too much. Um, you know, we, we need to really support each other with real um, wisdom and quite frankly, with some really good, good masculine strength. Yeah, you bet. You know, what you just described was, I think the key, one of the key things that is missing in our world, in our society, whatever, and it's something that John Eldridge talks about. It's, it, you know, I, I had heard it for years until I literally walked through it with my wife and daughter, uh, especially, you know, my wife at the end of last year and, and watching the shift that's happened in our home um, because of, of really learning this concept, which is our job as men is to fight for the heart of our, our wives, our daughters, our sons, right? We, our, what, what, um, what did they say? In, in Saving Private Ryan, the man was the mission, right? But the, the mission in, in, for us as men is the heart of our, our, our family, right? We have to fight for that every day and, and watch what that man did through your, you know, your advice and your mentorship was he, allowed, he fought for the heart of his daughter and yeah. taught his wife that he was going to do that with her as well. Yeah, it's powerful. Yeah. yeah, very good. Yeah, yeah. Fight for the heart of your family. That's a great. Uh, yeah, that's a that's a great way to say it. Absolutely. So, um, you know, just kind of share, MJ. You know what I know that you know. Obviously, you've said you know you've been down the path a little bit longer, but you've been through your share of of stuff. You know, you don't just learn this. You don't read it in a book. You walk it and you live it and you experience it and you learn and it develops. You know what? Um, Tell me where the mission really for men came from for you. When was it that you were like, you know, I got to really start talking about this, doing something about this. How did that develop? Yeah, well, um, you know, the, the, the fact is, is that most men are not interested in anything to do with learning tactics, how to become a better man, how to become stronger, how to become prayed up until they are in trouble. And it usually takes massive trouble, mm. uh, you know. Uh, that's, you know, women buy all the books on relationship, men buy no books on relationship. Uh, women could take all the courses online about how to be a better wife and, 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 uh, and, and how to be a better person. And men just want to trundle along, you know, stumbling from one McDonald's to the next, uh, you know, and, uh, <laughs> and, and we're not interested in growth until, you know, stuff happens, you know? So in, uh, in, in the spring of 2000, uh, God took a crowbar. Uh, I was uh, I was riding along on the bike of life, and uh, God took a crowbar and jammed it in the spokes of the front wheel, mm. and I was flying over the handlebars. <laughs> Is that visceral enough for you? Yeah, went, that's, that's a pretty good analogy. I went flying over the handlebars onto the pavement, and uh, and my wife of uh, twenty years, uh, my my college sweetheart, uh, said, "I don't see our marriage continuing." 
Um, I want a divorce. I'm taking the two boys. Um, you're not going to see them anymore. Um, you're a loser and, uh, and I'm done. I'm out. Wow. And, uh, so, uh, so I hit the pavement pretty hard. Now, here's an interesting thing. I was thinking about this this morning as I was thinking about and, and doing some praying about talking with you today in your podcast. Um, I, uh, I instinctively knew that I had made a huge mistake and that I had invested all of my emotional equity in the relationship and friendship with my former wife. All of my uh, uh, identity, who I was, was wrapped up in, uh, she was, you know, quote unquote, my best friend. Yeah. She was the one that I was, um, you know, I put emotional uh, equity into and I believed that she would stand behind me and that, um, and basically I made her, I wouldn't say I, I always had a spiritual component. So it wasn't like I made her my God, but I was codependent in the fact that I depended on her approval of me to find my identity. Mm -hmm. And uh, this is a big mistake that many, many men make. And, um, and so when, when, when the woman, um, you know, says I'm done, what we're finding in our society, and this happened to me as well, is that we have men that are like so devastated by the loss of a, of a, of a female relationship, a girlfriend, fiance, wife, um, that uh, they literally are so scarred. They are so devastated. Um, uh, actually, the, the, the primary reason for um, suicide between men 40 to 65 is loss of a, uh, of a woman. Wow. I did not know that. Yeah. So, um, uh, and, and these men just cannot, and, and I was, and I was devastated. I remember a friend of mine said to me, he said, when, when you told me that you felt that God had left you, um, he said, I got really worried about you, MJ. And I, I never really came close to the idea of, uh, of suicide, but I was in a lot of pain. And I did think it would be a lot easier to just, you know, as I was running, I, I would run on the road a lot. And I think, you know, I could just step out here on the road and that UPS truck will take me out and all this pain will go away. And I, I had thoughts like that. I didn't make a plan. And sure. But, but I was, but I was, but I was really devastated. And, um, but here's the other interest. So, so here's what I realized. I realized that I needed to get men around me. I, it, it, it's like, I, I mean, I could just tell you, it was a spiritual thing. The, the Holy Spirit said to me, you need, you need a band of brothers. And, and that, that book wasn't even out then. I didn't even know what a band of brothers was, but I knew I needed to get around men. And I started praying that God would send me mentors and men. And the way that I rebuilt my life after divorce was I found my posse. I found my band of brothers. I literally built my own circle of power. And I started, and the way I built my circle of power was I started reaching out to men to help other men. And as I was trying to help other men, I actually found men that could mentor and help me. Mm. And, um, and so that's, uh, um, uh, you know, my, my journey in helping men was the, that the way to, the way, if you want to learn something, if you want to learn something, you should teach it. And, uh, and I needed to learn strength. I needed to get some balls. Um, I needed to not be codependent. I remember my mentor, Carl Palmieri, he said to me, he said, Durkin, we always called each other by our last names to honor our fathers. And we, I saw, so we would go around the circle. I'd say Durkin, son of Thomas, you know? And, uh, uh, and and uh, he'd say, and we call each other. And so I call him Paul Mary. He called me Dirk. And he said, Durkin, um, you got to learn how to be by yourself. You got to learn how to like go to the movies by yourself. You got to learn how to, you know, because because my immediate thing was, well, I need to get another woman, you know? And he was like, no, that's absolutely what you do not want, right? That's exactly what you do not want. And Robert Bly said that, right? He said, he said, what a lot of men do is they go looking for another pair of magic eyes. Yeah. Right. And Eldridge talks in his book about, he quotes Bly and Bly says, instead of going to another woman, uh, maybe what the man needs to do is, is to take six months off and go do, go do some soul work. Right. He says he needs to go into the woods Right. He needs to work on his soul. He needs to. So Palmieri was saying the same thing to me. He said, 
you you need to um you need to learn how to be solid bro you're you're a mess and you need to learn how to be happy with michael j durkin and your connection with your higher power with your god not because you have a woman that that makes you okay and so you know i mean literally i mean i took like about four and a half years to you know before i met, i met the beautiful bonnie um, to just kind of, you know, um, just keep working on myself and strengthening myself and taking classes and doing different, um, you know, leadership weekends and being in my circle of men. Um, and ever since then, I've just had a, you know, I mean, I've just had a heart for the men because I, you know, I, I get those calls, you know, I, I get the calls, you know, it's over. She told me to leave. I'm moving out. The marshals came. You know, I remember my attorney saying to me, he said, the worst one is when the, when the man has absolutely no idea that it's coming mm. and the marshals walk up to him while he's, he said, I had a guy who was on his riding mower at his big house in Connecticut and the marshals came up and stopped him on the riding mower and he said, what? And he said, you got 20 minutes to get your stuff out of your house. Oh my gosh. And, I can't and he goes, and the guy says, what are you talking about? My marriage is fine. And they're like, no, dude, your bank accounts are locked. You're out of your house. You got 20 minutes. This is an order for you to vacate the house. You've been accused of this, this, and this, and you're dangerous. You're out. And, uh, and I get those calls, you know, wow. I get those calls and that, and my heart goes out to those men. And my goal is to prevent that, the, <laughs> is to prevent those late night discussions which always happen after the kids go to bed, which is this marriage is not going to continue anymore. Yeah. My goal is to keep families together. That's why I started the men of honor ministry. That's why I started the conversations with men Facebook group. That's why I started the men of honor podcast, because my goal is to, to, to so that men don't have to have that crowbar jammed in the front spokes of their bike and go flying headfirst into the pavement. Wow. Wow. You know, just some thoughts, MJ, you know, it's funny because Trish and I were um, talking yesterday, you know, yesterday, you know, just was my birthday and we were talking about life and we had gone through the fire. I mean, we were, we were on the verge of what you're talking about in 2019. We, I mean, like literally staring at the abyss. Why are we going to continue all of that? And I think the thing that we've taken out of that journey for both, and I, and I really am now speaking to women who are listening to this, that um, self-concept, I think if you were to go right in everything, and you talked about it, it in the end, it comes down to self-worth, self-concept, understanding who you are, liking who you are, having a relationship with your creator, um, and finding that self-value. And if women really want to understand their men, you know, it's it, men cannot. And so often we seek our validation from women, right? It, it, you know, uh, Eldridge says you can't go to Eve with your question, right? right? You can't. And women need to understand that they can't be that for men. But then what happened, I think, for in our marriage and happens in a lot is, is we drift in our lives so much that men, if they've ever had an identity of who they are, right, that can either get eroded, that's got to be built right? And women understanding, no, send your husband out into the wild with men, right? Because he'll come back stronger. Um, and just understanding that it's the, the greatest work I think that we can do as people and in our marriage and as parents is the work, like you said, on yourself. You've got to spend that time nurturing that person. How do you love another person if you don't love yourself? It's, it's just not possible. Well, yeah, and and certainly, you know, one of the uh, I have a I have a podcast uh, episode um, uh, called "How to Become Self Sufficient and Not Need Your Wife for Anything," uh, and um, and and it's a great episode. And I say, look, I'm I'm not saying that your wife can't be your best friend and compliment you as a as a masculine man. Of course, uh, you know, I mean, you you know, you talk about talking to the women. You know, I I. Um, I love for women to listen to the podcast and then turn it, they turn it over to their men and they say, you need to listen to this maniac who's screaming about men at 630 in the morning uh, on his call. You need to hear what this man has to say. 
And um, uh, so I love it when the women bring the men to the, uh, you know, to the training because yeah. I, I, I said, I said it, and I think it was the podcast I did this morning. It, it was on prayer and meditation uh, for success in your marriage. And I said, let me explain something to you men. Every single problem you have in your marriage starts with you. Yep. It's you. I said, don't tell me a dang thing about your wife. I do not give two flying hoots about what your, my wife does this. My wife doesn't do this. My I said, if you're going to work on a 50-50 model, do not work on a 50-50 model. 50-50 is what screwed men. You do not want to be like, well, I do my 50%. She's got to do her 50%. Mm -hmm. She's not doing her 50%. I said, no, no, no. Here's, here's, here's the men of honor technology. Here it is. Okay. You do 100% of what you're supposed to freaking do. Period. Just be really good at being a 100% man. And believe me, your wife will come along beautifully if you will be 100% masculine, be a man, do what you say you're going to do, and just, and just man up already, to your, to your point. <laughs> if, you just, if, you just, if you man up, your wife will be pleased to build her relationship around your strength. Because that's what she wants. Now, strength is not being an a-hole. Strength is not being a jerk. Strength has nothing, having terms has nothing to do uh, with being harsh or being uh, like some kind of macho jerk. As a matter of fact, I have another podcast called How to Be a Man Without Being a Jerk. Uh, and, and, and it has to do with with being solid and being centered. And when you have that connection um, with your own God and you feel secure in yourself, if you get attacked, you won't even react. Like when a man is solid, if his, if his wife is upset and tries to take him off course or engage him in a fight, I mean, I can very, very rarely be, be picked into a fight with just about anybody except my oldest son, who is my business partner, mm -hmm. uh, who's the, who's the one we love to tangle, you know, but, uh, but my, and my wife, believe me, she is the most feminine, the softest. I mean, she's just, I'm like, just, I'm putty in her hands. I mean, I just, I want to do anything she wants me to do because she's just so amazing. But, but I, I can't, you know, if there's, if something goes wrong in a house, I, I, I'm pretty solid. You know, I can't, I can't, I don't really, you know, one of the things that beautiful Bonnie will say to me, she'll say, you know what I love about you? We do this, this game after we pray and meditate and we look at each other, we look right in each other's eyes. Very important, man. I just gave you a very important tip. We look in each other's eyes and we say, you know what I love about you? I said, and we go back and forth. You know what I love about you? You know what I love about you? You know what I love about you? And she said, and, and sometimes it's a game. Sometimes it gets real serious. Sometimes little tears glisten up and, you know, in our eyes because the, the love really hits us. But she'll say to me, you know what I love about you, hon? She said, you're unflappable. You're unflappable. Like, you know, and, and look, I, I said this on the podcast this morning. We, you know, we've been through, uh, uh, you know, we have four children between, the, between us right? I have two bonus children. We don't call them stepchildren. They're our bonus children, right? right? So we got, I have these beautiful bonus kids. Uh, and, and I said, you know, we've been, you know, in the, in the 16 years we've been together, uh, I said, you know, we've, we've been through, um, uh, uh, you know, financial crisis um, in, in our family, suicides, plural, mm. um, you know, uh, uh, um, you know, drug problems, uh, we've had financial devastation, family issues, deaths, just outright, you know, normal deaths. Um, you know, you're going to be in the, on the mountaintop, you're going to be in the valley. And, and as a man, you have to understand what women really, really need in order to really let love flow from their hearts, which is their amazing gift. And I say to the men all the time, I said, if you want the benefits of marriage and, it, and then they go, and they go, the benefits of marriage? MJ, there's benefits? <laughs> yes, there are benefits if you can help your wife to feel secure. What women want 
is they want security. I was doing an interview a couple weeks ago with a, a gentleman up in Toronto. I want to introduce you to John. His name is Dr. Vibe. And, uh, and Dr. Vibe is a great interviewer. And, um, and I was asking the men on the call, I said, I said, what do you think women really want? And, and, um, and they were, you know, they, they came up with a bunch of different answers. And, and all of my experts on the panel were not getting it. And I saw later in the Facebook comments, there were some women on Facebook that were listening to the interview and they were yelling in the Facebook comments, security, security, all the women, every single woman said, we want security. What women want is security. And I said, what women want, and I learned this from Greg Gunn to tell you the truth. Greg Gunn taught me this. Women want to feel secure. And so everything that I teach the men is how to um, solidify them, how to strengthen them up, how to put some steel in their spine so they are unflappable so that they help their wives to feel secure. And when a woman feels secure, now you will get the benefits of marriage. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's to add to that, you know, we as men, because, you know, we always process things the way we see them, right? It is, yeah. it is we think that that security is financial. And it, not only is it financial, but then what we do is we say, because I'm guilty of this, right? We will leave the house and I've got to go slay the dragon and I've got to provide finances. But what their women are also saying is, do you see me? Do you, mm -hmm. right? Do you delight in who I am? I see it with my, I have two women in the house, our daughter and my wife, and both are asking that question. The security in, I see you and accept you for who you are and want that, you know, I want to see more of you. Like I, I accept all of you. I love what, the way you talk about, you know, Bonnie, the beautiful Bonnie, right? Which it's you're calling out her beauty every single moment, right? And letting her hear that, right? I mean, it's just, that's what we're talking about. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. And she says, she'll say to me, you're so sweet. I heard you, you know, saying it on a podcast or I heard you saying it on a Facebook live, you know, and I'll write it on Facebook because that's the way I feel, you know, right. and, and you're right. The way that we speak as men, uh, the, the man has an incredible, incredible power to bless his family. Mm. It, is, it is the role of the father is to, is to give the blessing to the family. Right. And, and the man should never ever um, uh, discount how powerful his words are. I tell the men, you, you have the ability to curse your family or bless your family. And, um, uh, and it is your words, it is your attitude, it is, uh, it is the things that you say and the way that you speak to your you're, you know, I mean, you just bring up such an incredible point. You know, do, do you see the beauty in, in, your, in your wife and in your daughters and in your nieces, your grandchildren? You know, uh, however, you know, uh, you know if, it, and that's the most important thing, that they are seen, that they know that you find them to be valuable, that they have worth. And, and I always say, I, I, you know, once I learned that from Eldridge, like it was like a beautiful mind. Like it was like, I was like Russell Crowe in a beautiful mind. Like all this stuff, like, like came together yeah. for me. It was like, yeah. Oh, that's why you compliment. Oh, that's why you want to talk about how great she is. That's why you want to give the blessing because the, because Eldridge unlocked that for all of us. And I've really never, I've never really heard um, any other author or speaker about men really talk about answering the question for the woman. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard men talk around that. Like you should do this to like survive in marriage, you know, or, or this will get you sex, you know, if you, if you notice these things, but, but Eldridge really brought it to a real, I, I, I'm so grateful to him and Stacy for the, the two amazing questions that they brought to the world. Yeah, very true. In, in my uh, in my opinion, so you you bring out a very that's I I always reference him, and I'd say I give credit where credit is due, um, and then and then I then I pile on all kinds of tactics and techniques and ways to get it done because uh, quite frankly I'm a master at it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah, it's and we've got to kind of wrap this up, but we it, it would be a really cool. It, it would be a well. It would be a, a, a cool other episode because I'm, 
you know, just from a personal standpoint, I've heard fight for the heart of your woman for years, right? And now living on the other side of what that actually is, looks like, and is happening. You talk, the, talk about the benefits of marriage and it, benefits don't, that word doesn't even come close to how magical marriage can be when we get these things right. And the sad thing is, is how many people just don't, right? It, like the rate of divorce and bad people, you know, staying in marriages, but they're, they're missing that essence of why God created marriage in the first place. And our role as men to manifest that, right? And how that comes out. It's just, um, man, that is, that is some good living yeah, <laughs> when yeah. you get on that well, side. Well, I say, look, like, let's call it what it is. I mean, men are addicted to sex. And... Uh, <laughs> We love sex. Well, and see, and the reason that we do is because sex and being seduced and being excited about having a woman be excited for us to offer our strength, um, uh, uh, love to a man is being accepted and, and respected. And that's what sex does for us is it, that's the way that you see the man. The way that you see the man and accept the man is through sex. And, um, and so I, I say uh, all the time, I said, I'm all about putting the sex back into marriage, yeah. you know, because if, if there's hot, alluring, seductive sex in your marriage, then there's acceptance, then the husband is seeing the wife, how beautiful she is, right? Like I, I just did a program called Show Her You Know Her. And, um, and I said, that one of the things you need to do is you need to, not only do you need to um, uh, to know your wife's heart, but you need to find ways to show her you, creative ways that you know her heart. Mm. And once you're connected with your wife's heart, when you've shown her that you know who she is, then you see her and then she's incredibly attracted to you. My, my goal is to make husbands into irresistible husbands to where, I mean, literally your, your wives cannot stop trying to seduce you that they're like so crazy like you're like so, so irresistible to me that I just, you know, I've just got to get you into bed somehow. And, and, and I got to seduce the hell out of you. And, um, and when that happens, then you're right. Then you're receiving much more than the benefits of marriage. It's a, it's a, it's a pretty cool, it's a pretty cool deal, but I agree. We could, we could talk about it in another podcast. Yeah. Well, it, and, and just to piggyback on that is, and it's something MJ that, that, is so not discussed that I know you've seen and, and I'm now, you know, we're seeing it and um, a great friend and mentor, you know, when we were going through the crisis, who they had walked through it and, and he said, it's amazing what happens. One, it's amazing what happens when you really let God into your marriage. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we talk about how men crave sex and, and women, right, find the man irresistible. But the other part of, of, wooing the heart and fighting for the heart of your woman is she becomes that as it's like this symbiotic relationship, sexually, spiritually, physically, mentally, and all those cylinders are firing. It's not, you know, give your man sex and, and he's happy when, <laughs> when, when, right. When we connect with our wives, when we connect husband and wife, male and female on that sexual plane, you hit the spiritual plane, the mental plane. I mean, everything fires. It's all that one symbiotic relationship. Yeah, yeah. It's um, it's something that I teach called the cycle of seduction, and um, and and a lot of men and women don't understand the cycle of seduction. They don't understand where it starts. They don't understand that the man is the initiator. Is the is the man is always scanning. The man is always scanning for sex. <laughs> He's always looking. He's always looking. Men are the initiators, you know? And, uh, and once you understand that cycle uh, and you understand what really satisfies each person, because you're right, just giving a man sex. I've, I've had plenty of men say, well, yes, she gave me sex. She said, okay, all right, let's have sex. <laughs> right. Not the same thing. And that's not, uh, as you said, firing on all cylinders. That's not right. what it means that you gave them sex. Big deal. That's not satisfying sex. And and we want we want everybody to be satisfied. Yes, on a on a heart level. That's re really good. What you said. I like that, John. 
you know, in the mind, in the heart, yes, in the body, but most of all in the soul. Mm -hmm. That's when you can have really soul stirring sex, right? Then that's, that's really, then, then, you know, look, the fact is, is that um, I, I tell the men all the time, your wife should become your best and closest friend. She should, she should become your best and closest friend. And I, I feel that with the beautiful Bonnie. And that doesn't mean that I'm not self-sufficient. And it doesn't mean that if Bonnie had to leave today, that I wouldn't, you could, wouldn't, wouldn't be able to be solid and know who I am. And obviously I would grieve if for ever, any reason she was gone, but I would not be devastated this time. I would not, my whole life wouldn't feel like it was over. Um, and yet your, your wife should become your best friend. Uh, and that's not to say that you should not have many, many close men friends. And, um, and by the way, most men, I don't know if you agree with this, John, but most men today don't have two men in their phone that they could call on the way home from work and say, I had a really bad day and, uh, I'm in, I'm, I need to talk to somebody before I walk in my house and bring this bad news that happened or this anger or this terrible thing that happened to me. Most men don't have two good friends they could call and dump something before they got home. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. We're hiding as, as, a, as a species, right? As men, we hide. Um, and that comes back to that self-concept issue. And I think the only way, you know, I mean, you hit it. The only, and it's this, this collaboration that you and I have, right? I've, you became that in my life, right? When you showed up and what I was about to walk through, I was uh, kind of on the edge of it, but then what I walked through, but you know, we've got to stop hiding and we've got to seek out those men that will, you know, see us for who we are and help us walk through it. And it's funny too, because they're not always older, right? One of those men in my life is 10 years younger. Right, right. But he accepts me for who I am and I'm able to go to him with my stuff and, and he can walk through that with me. It's huge, man. Huge. So how do you want to wrap us up, buddy? You know, you, there's so much that we could talk about. Um, <laughs> there, there really is. It's such a great subject. But, um, you know, what? wrap us up. Wrap us up. Uh, you know, I mean, uh, man the heck up already. You know, <laughs> I mean, be the man. I mean, see, there's a pro the problem is, okay, what does that mean? See, Here's one, here's one of the things that peop, people, people don't realize. Since, since 1965, uh, you know, uh, uh, feminism, men, men, feminism has been dripped into our veins. Yeah. Uh, and we didn't even know it. Uh, I, I didn't even know it until recently. I mean, I, 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 got, I kicked a lot of the feminization out of me, but I'm just now starting to understand how – how complete it was and how it hurt me uh, in my first marriage. And, and that ended up hurting my children. And, you know, so, uh, so I, I think that the answer for men is, I think you, the, one of the first things I would recommend, can I make a recommendation? You can make a recommendation. I would recommend that a man start to number one, find some kind of philosophy about men that you could, you could get excited about or interested in. So I would, I would just start really on an easy level, you know, with, with maybe a good man's book that you like, um, like Wild at Heart. Uh, like, uh, you know, I'm writing a couple of books. I'm writing a book right now called Shattered Men. Um, you know, uh, how to recover from, uh, you know, divorce, uh, business collapse, uh, and other masculine disasters. Mm. Uh, and, um, uh, but, but, but find, find a book or find a podcast like John's or like mine. That's got some good, you know, good teaching about being a man and then start to build, um, you know, start to build a circle, you know, build, build a circle of men. And, uh, you know, during a, a crazy pandemic pandemic, you can do it on zoom. Yep. Uh, you can do it on the phone. I, I usually like men around a fire pit at night. Uh, because men men um, uh, heal in ritual space. Mm, that's really good. My yeah. goodness, what a wow! Yeah, and that's the and yeah. that's and that's the problem in our churches, in our in our in our spiritual groups. When men get together, they turn into these very feminized 
um, discussions about concepts and we're not really interacting with each other as men as we're, you know, trying to outdo each other with, you know, my, this is what I think about the Bible verse that we just read, um, you know, and, that, and it's very valuable, by the way, to, to study spiritual disciplines. However, um, uh, there's something that happens to men when they're in a circle around a fire uh, and, and, the, and the real healing happens in a ritual space. And when you can create that rich, ritual space, then the wounds of, I mean, the wounds of an entire, you know, generations of families can be healed. The sexual sins, the, you know, the, 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 um, uh, uh, all kinds of, of wounding from fathers and abuse and, and, uh, and, and fathers leaving families or, or hurting families. Um, you know, I always say that the, the older men can help the younger men to, to heal the wounds of the father. We have a lot, the, the father wound is huge in our men. Yeah. And we don't know what to do about it. And, and you'll see the wound get healed usually around 11 o'clock at night around a fire pit when some man is screaming his guts out uh, and the men are holding him and, 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 and they're really supporting his pain. And this is the kind of soul work that we need to do. Um, and so the way that it starts is get yourself a couple of good male friends and start showing them who you are mm. and stop. You know, the biggest problem that men have, you said it, John, before is, is, um, is you're, you're hiding out and you, you, I call it the secret lives of men. And uh, one of the things I say to the men on my, in my trainings is I say, what, what you should be able to do every quarter, imagine, uh, imagine if we could have Easter dinner this year. Uh, imagine, if, imagine if you were at Easter with your whole family, right? And, and at the end of Easter dinner, you would stand up and you'd say, okay, wife, children, in-laws, mom and dad, you know, just want to let you know what I've been doing the last six months. I want to tell you. This is who I've been seeing. This is what I've been watching. This is what I've been saying. This is what I've been smoking. This is what I've been, these are the pills I've been taking. This is the, I just wanted everybody to know when you all leave from Easter dinner, I just want to be honest that I'm just going to go in and watch my porn for a couple of hours and check out from the family. But I just want everybody to know that that's what I'm going to do. That's what I do. And, and, and if you can't say at Easter dinner or Thanksgiving dinner what you do in secret, then maybe you want to say to yourself, hmm, maybe those things are not really strengthening me. Right. Maybe they're not really helping me to be a better man. Because there's a lot of secrets. And, and, and when men feel shameful, then they really ramp up their addictions. All right. If I'm not feeling good about myself and I'm feeling, if I'm feeling shame at my laziness, if I'm feeling shame at, at, at what I've been doing or the way I've been thinking or the way I've been speaking or who I've been hanging out with, if I feel shame, all that does is fuel the fire for more strongholds to be built in your life. And those strongholds are going to be very, very difficult to break. And the more you, we are only as sick as our secrets. Oh, that's good. That's and good. So, and so it's really, really important to get some men and you could tell them, listen, I got, I got a problem with porn. I got a problem with smoking weed. I got a problem with this. I got a problem with flirting with a woman in my office. I'm worried about it. You know, you, you got to bring this to your men. You do not bring this stuff to your wife. It just scares her. It just freaks her out. You got to have some good men that you can go to. So I know your message, John, is you need to have a posse. You know, and Eldridge's is you need to build a band of brothers. And he's given a, a lot of men a way to do that. Uh, but the fact is, is that if you're a man, you need to get two or three good close men around you and you need to start telling them the truth. And probably one of the ways to bring them around you is for you to offer some of your strength and wisdom and expertise and say, hey, let's go through this book. It doesn't have to be a Christian book. You could use Data's book, The Way of the Superior Man. Um, you know, you can, there's, there's a lot of, um, I've got a whole bunch of books on my shelf over there that, you know, 
uh, uh, Devon Franklin has a, a book, you know, The Truth About Men. Pick a book, pick a philosophy, and put together three or four men and start building your own circle of power. And you'll start to, and, and here's what will happen. The spirit will just lead you to like That's mentors exactly. and conferences and podcasts yeah. and like, you know, yeah. the, more, the more I search out stuff on, on men podcasts, the more my phone blows up with, you know, men's podcasts. And, yep. you know, so that's what I would do. And, and here's a little nugget because uh, it, it really did happen in my own life is as you, you know, so a step a man could make today, right? So you can take out your phone. You can, you can listen to your podcast, my podcast. You take either one or, or another and share it with some men and see the response that you get back. And, and next, that's how you seek out who's on that right path. Some of the greatest relationships I have came through sharing podcasts. Right, right. And it's a, that's, a, that's a genius move. Yeah, never thought of it. That, that's a good way to, it's kind of like, you know, throwing it out there and then seeing who yeah. buttons, you know? Yeah, that, and, then, and then you could form a discussion or you can get together. And, you know, the, the problem that men have too is they always think like, well, the only way we can be together is if we're like drinking or fly fishing or shooting something or, or, or doing our favorite ball handling activity. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I don't do any of those things, but I got dozens of male friends because I'm always reaching out to them and I'm always offering myself to them. And I'm always trying to teach and I'm always trying to, to support them. And I will send, you know, I send a text to two or three times a week uh, to men saying, hey, I just wanted to let you know, John, um, I, I'm supporting you. I want the best for you. I'm in your corner. I want you to succeed in every area of your life. I want you to have a great marriage. I want you to be, have a great relationship with your kids. I want you to make $10 million. I want you to retire early, pay off your house, and uh, I want you to have uh, six-pack abs. <laughs> I, I will send texts like that, you know, and men will write back like, holy smokes, that's amazing. Like, uh, you know, like, j you know, just let other men that you know that, that you want the best for them and encourage them a little bit. And they will, they will, they will respond to you like, man, you know what, uh, you know, I need to have this man in my life. And you don't have to always be out, you know, sh shooting or, or hitting a softball. You know, you can hang out, you can talk, you can, you know, don't get me wrong. Men bond shoulder to shoulder you know, cutting wood, doing stuff, building a deck, you know, I mean, we're much better communicators side by side than we are face to face like women. Right. You know, we're, we're much better side to side, but there's all kinds of great, great things that we're, men are now starting to reclaim uh, their masculinity and say, um, this is, this is the way I'm going to live. Whether um, I, it's okay for me to get together with six of my buddies around a fire pit in my backyard and, uh, and, 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 and to just, you know, just, just shoot the heck and just, just talk about whatever we want to talk about and tease each other and, and, and speak coarsely to each other and do whatever we want. It's okay. You know, it won't kill us. And, um, so get some men in your life, get some men in your life, man, <laughs> man, the heck up already. <laughs> That's great. MJ, how can people find you, buddy? Uh, Stop, open your window and go, MJ, MJ, <laughs> I need help, I need help, help me. <laughs> I did that in the Dr. Vibe show, he thought I was insane. Um, <laughs> my father, when my father was, was, uh, was, was sick, he was, he was, um, he had emphysema and he had lung cancer and he, he was messing around with his phones and he, um, and he disconnected his phones in his house and we couldn't reach him. And we had to drive down to his house and fix his phones for him. And my brother was so mad at him. And my brother said to him, he said, dad, stop messing around with your phone. What are you going to do if something happens? Open the window and yell 911. <laughs> one of the, fa one of the, fa the famous family stories. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, if you want, if you want, if you want me, you'll find me, uh, go, go to, uh, uh, you can find me on Facebook at, uh, conversations with men. Uh, that's a great, uh, a great private, uh, Facebook group. We have to accept you into that group. It's an elite group of men. Uh, and so go to conversations with men, ask to join that group. Uh, and then, um, 
Uh, you can uh, go to on Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Play, and uh, let's see, Spotify. Mm -hmm. uh, we are on, uh, just, just search Men of Honor. Uh, and, um, and we've got about, uh, right now, we've got about 30 podcasts in there on how to be a better man, better father, better, better husband, better brother. Um, and uh, you can always just Google MJ Durkin to see some. I've written eight books. Um, I do marketing consulting and, and, uh, and training and speaking. So just Google MJ Durkin, go to my Facebook page, try to um, friend me on Facebook. I have 5,000 friends right now, but apparently the more vocal I am, the more I've been losing friends lately. So I'm pleased about that. So uh, every day I see, I lose another 10 friends and I'm like, praise God, I must finally be saying something that's worthy. That's right. That's I'm right. Pissing, I'm pissing somebody off. So <laughs> They are, they are defriending me, you know? Yeah. As, as I say more, as I say more and more stuff like trust God, this is a good thing. It's okay that this pandemic has happened. Um, I have people that um, are very angry with me and they, they uh, unfriend me. Uh, so I, uh, so I've ramped it up a little bit. So nice. Yeah. So just find, just Google MJ Durkin or find me on men of honor. I'd love for you to listen to the men of honor podcast. Very proud of the uh, the work that we have there and there's no I got no agenda just go there and learn yeah it's great as somebody who listens to it it's uh, you're bringing great content for sure thanks buddy all right brother it's been uh, it's been awesome I'm looking forward to doing it again and um, yeah it's it's you we uh, you exceeded expectations which is always what you do so I appreciate you man <laughs> I really as 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 so my you know just everybody knows but I just let me say it publicly I I appreciate the friendship the the the, you are in my posse and um, I learn every time we talk. So I appreciate the, the enrichment in my life. Yeah, man. Well, I got some good stuff today too. I can't wait to, uh, to listen to the, uh, you got to take notes. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. Uh, but I, I got a couple of good ones from you too. So it's a two way street. So thank you, brother. All right, brother. We'll All see right, you. Man. Thanks. Bye-bye. Yeah, Bye. Wow. What a great, great podcast. What a great guest MJ is. I'm so grateful for his um, wisdom, his friendship. He, he, he really does. He has such an impact in my life. I hope you glean some things from that. And um, it's awesome. Let me plug one of his books. If you're in the business world, um, he's got a book, Double Your Contacts. It's initially how we really met and uh, just developed that friendship. Um, but he mentioned some other books. So find him out. And he talked about, you know, for those for you men listening, um, you know, one of the things that I, I wanted to do with, with Man Up already was to really get that conversation started, that thinking started. So um, if you're looking for a book to, um, to talk around the fire in a ritual space, uh, this is a pretty good one um, to get you started. Also, Wild at Heart by John Eldridge is awesome. And for married couples, I really do want to plug John and Stacey Eldridge's book, Love and War. That is a phenomenal, life-changing book. And I would grab a couple of couples, form a marriage posse, and work through that book as well. No matter where you are in your marriage, that book will do wonders. So thanks so much, guys, for listening. Um, appreciate, love you guys so much, all of your support. And uh, until next time, we've got a lot of great guests lined up. It's going to be a fun year on the Man Up Already podcast. Take care. Take care.